Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Young Adult Path to Progress. My name is Ali Dietz, and I'm so excited that you guys decided to click on this episode and come listen to this story. This episode actually fell into my lap about two weeks ago, right after I dropped my first three episodes. The night after my launch, I met a girl who I actually went to Elon with, but never met at school, who is launching her own fashion brand called NMB New York. Her name is Natalie Brown. She embodies everything that the Young Adult Path to Progress brand stands for. It was so weird. We were at a mutual friend's apartment hanging out on the rooftop and she was talking to my roommate and Emily, my roommate, grabbed me and she was like, you need to interview this girl. She's so freaking cool. She's making her own brand, introduced us, made me start talking to Natalie, and we hit it off right away. And her story is just literally everything that I'm trying to bring to you guys through this podcast. She has the confidence that I hope you guys can take from these episodes. She carries herself in a way that you know, if you believe you're going to win, you're going to win. And she has it. She has winner mentality through and through. After talking to Natalie and listening back to our interview, I kind of realized that everything we spoke about really comes down to one thing, and that is confidence. Whether it be confidence to build out your own brand and start your own company or if it's gaining confidence through what you're wearing, a lot of what she talks about is look good, feel good, do good. And we'll get into that, obviously, later on. You'll hear from her on what that means to her. When you hear stories about people who are starting their own companies, who are doing their thing, and you look at them as these super successful people, it's really easy to compare yourself to them and feel like you're in a space lower than where they're at. And I asked Natalie, because I didn't ask this in the interview, and I realized how important to this conversation this question is, so I texted her, and I asked her what confidence means to her, and I think it's important to put that out there before we listen to this interview so that you guys go into it understanding that we're all equals here, and Natalie just had the confidence to do what she's doing now and if you put yourself in the same mind space that she's put herself in you can do just as much as she's doing so when I texted her I I asked her what confidence means to her her response was to me confidence means accepting yourself good and bad and embracing and believing in your value I saw a quote that really resonated with me and it said a perfect human is one who allows for mistakes I want you guys to keep that quote in mind as we go into this interview so that you're not comparing yourself to Natalie. Natalie is so cool and doing everything that she's ever wanted to do and I know in no way want to take that away from her like she's such a badass but you can be a badass too and this quote really brings that to the forefront and I think that it's important for you to be able to listen to this interview with the mindset not of comparing yourself to Natalie and what, you know, the steps that she's taking for her life, but to look at her as someone who 
inspires you to have the same confidence. And Natalie also talks about how important it is to not compare yourself to people in this interview and to look at them as inspiration instead. And I hope that you guys listen to her interview and you feel inspired because I know that I felt super excited after talking to her and just meeting people with this type of mindset is super infectious. And I hope that you can get to a place where you have a perspective similar to Natalie's in your life so that you can do what you want to do too. Hi guys, I'm here with Natalie Brown from NMB New York. Hey, Allie. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited. I met Natalie actually last Saturday. It's Friday right now. And we got to talking. We were at a mutual friend's um, who we went to school with. Both Natalie and I went to Elon. But never met. But we never met. And we got to talking and she was telling me about her path and where she's at, which I want to give her the opportunity to tell it in her own words. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I am freshly starting my own clothing brand, NMB New York. It's very exciting, very nerve wracking. Um, I just graduated from Parsons um, School of Design in New York, and it's been really interesting kind of navigating that path in COVID, Um, but we're launching very soon and it's very exciting. I'm so excited for you. So you graduated from Elon in 2018. We graduated together. Um, like we said, we never met. Mm-hmm. But you went to Elon and you got a major in art in art mm-hmm. and a minor in entrepreneurship. Yes, and dance. And dance. Yes, which I've not used that at all. Dancing. Recently, but it was but it was good it for was you while you were at school. Yeah. It kept you active while you were there. Fit. Yeah. That's all <laughs> we can ask for in life. So you went to Elon, graduated in 2018. Mm -hmm. Tell me about what brought you to Elon, what brought you to Parsons, and when you started thinking about going into design and how fashion has played a role in your life. Okay, so I, ever since I was a little girl, I was really interested in fashion. I was very girly. I was always like putting on my grandma's clothes, which um, I'll talk about her later, but (laughs) I was always very into clothing and fashion. Um, But... I, when it came to going to colleges and applying for colleges, my mom was like, I understand you like fashion, but there's a difference between like liking fashion and wanting to have a career in fashion. And it can be very um, daunting for some people. And so I was like, I really want to do it, but I understand, I agree. I think I should get that like liberal arts experience and um, going to Elon, they had minors in entrepreneurship and I can also minor in dance, which I was a competitive dancer for a lot of my childhood. So I was really excited about that. And I was like, you know what? I can always do internships in fashion. Like, I just want to be sure that I like it. So I applied to Elon and I majored in art and minored in entrepreneurship and dance. And then I did a bunch of fashion internships. I went into every sector of fashion. So I did um, production fashion internship in London. I did um, a design internship in LA. Um, I did a, I did styling. I interned for a celebrity stylist in New York when I was in school. And then I, after all of that, I was like, mom, I do really actually want to pursue it as a career I, I want to do it and she was like great you need to just like solidify that um so I for my thesis um senior at Elon I did a really like beautifully embellished jacket and it was all about clothing as identity which is kind of ironic being that's how that's translated into my brand now 
But I, with Parsons in mind, I just made it about clothing and I was trying to just show off that like I have design capabilities and then I applied to Parsons um, two year postgraduate program for fashion design and I got in and then I graduated with honors and here I am. Was it always designed for you that you wanted to do or when you were kind of dipping your toes in styling and production and everything while you were taking your internships? Were you trying to figure out where you fit into the fashion world or did you always know I have a vision for my brand, I know that I want to do something that's mine. I I did always like the idea of design. I was very artistic. I like to draw, um, hence my art major. But I just wanted to see. It's, it's kind of daunting. You watch like Project One Way, and you're like, that looks really stressful. Like I don't know if I want to pursue that as a career. But I I just I was like, let me see if there's something else in fashion like that I want to do. And so I did all of that. And I at the end of the day, I really enjoyed just designing and creating and being fully in it as opposed to just like looking at the clothes or being around the clothes. They wanted to do the whole process. So I really fell in love with fashion design after being kind of like thrown into it. And then it grew more so once I was at Parsons. How has that been since you've graduated and you've taken the leap to build out your own line? You keep using the word daunting. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? How did you get past that? Um, it was, I think just being a young adult, you always have that kind of like doubt in the back of your mind because you don't really know what you're doing it's like no one but at the end of the day it's kind of refreshing you realize that as you grow up that no one really knows what they're doing I don't know what I'm doing (laughs) I really don't know what I'm doing yeah I mean you saw we were just sitting here trying to put all of this together for the episode it was a while I don't wires stress me out and yet I'm making a podcast but here we are and (laughs) and and you still made it and that's the whole point is that like I just feel like you just gotta just work hard and like believe in yourself and like everyone's path is unique and so just like knowing that and trusting in that um it's been really comforting and it's just seeing i think obstacles such as coronavirus as just like minor setbacks in your path to success as opposed to like oh no this happened now my dream is never going to come true how do you feel like you got to a place where you realized that everyone has their own path and you're not comparing yourself to everyone? Because I know how easy it is as a young adult who's coming into their their first job or starting out their career that you look at someone and you're like, okay, they're killing it. I don't feel like I am where I'm supposed to be, whatever. How do you feel like you got to a place where you're not comparing and like took that leap of faith because it's scary. Yeah, it's really scary. I think it's just seeing people as inspiration as opposed to competition. Like I, being at Parsons, that became evident to me because I have so many classmates that create amazing work, but it's not really in competition with me because it's not the same brand, the same aesthetic, the same category. Like someone could have really cool evening wear, but I don't make evening wear, but I'm inspired by how good they are making evening wear. So I think it's just knowing that you are you and no one else is you. And that's just like your superpower. Yeah, there's power in just being yourself because no one's exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're wearing a piece right now and I wanna talk about it. It is the coolest corset, guys. It has, is it two pairs of jeans on it? How many? Two pairs of jeans. Okay, and what's in the middle? And one thrifted t-shirt that I found. I found out that it was, weekend i had no idea who this was for the longest time um but yeah i um i just had this idea one day at parsons because i was learning about upcycling through my textiles course and um just how much waste the fashion industry generates and i was kind of taken aback by that i mean i think most people 
including myself before enrolling in Parsons, didn't know how negatively fast fashion can affect the fashion industry. And just just looking at, just looking at that, I um I realized that like maybe I should take a different route when designing my clothing. So I was researching different ways to reduce waste and I found upcycling. I thought it was really cool and I was trying to think of an out-of-the-box way to upcycle. And um, just to give you a definition of upcycling, it's when you take clothing that already exists in the world and you deconstruct it and make it to something of higher value than what it once was. And so I thought if I could take just like basic items that everyone has, like a t-shirt and jeans and make it into something elevated, that'd be super cool. And also a fun fact is that um, only 10% of the clothing at thrift stores gets sold, which is wild to me. When you told me this, I would, my mind was blown because I feel like that's kind of where our society is at right now. At least very trendy people are very about going to thrift stores and recreating something that's your own. But when you think about it, fast fashion is a lot, it's a lot easier. Yeah, um, no, I hear you. But, but I, th- I think you hear a lot about thrifting and, oh, where'd you get that, that really cool shirt? Mm-hmm. They got it thrifting, but realistically, you're only going to find so many things in thrifting that you really love. Like and enjoy, yeah. Yeah, so I think that when you think about it in that way, the numbers make sense, but it blew my mind. And that's why I wanted to do it because I was like, I do, I, I want to do something to help reduce waste and to... Like, I, I know I can eliminate waste completely, but if I can do something to, to make this issue a little bit better. But my problem was that I couldn't find clothing that, like you're saying, if you go to a thrift store, there's, you have limited options. There's not that many brands that upcycle out there. So I was like, I am just longing for something that I can wear that I like to wear, but I, it doesn't exist. So hence why I created my own clothing brand, <laughs> NMB New York. So tell them about the name um where the name came from why you included new york and then i kind of want to talk about the production of it all okay um so nmb new york stands for natalie mckenzie brown that's my full name if you didn't know that now you know um (laughs) and i just feel like i really resonate with new york i feel like new york is a second home to me i'm from a small town peachtree city georgia um where i just guess growing up like i'm multicultural so my mom is Jamaican and her um, Jamaican family has predominantly migrated to the Northern US. And my dad is American, he's from the South. And just growing up with those two cultures in a very small town where everyone kind of looks the same, it, I found myself kind of like longing to find my identity. And I kind of took that to clothing and like wanting to identify through clothing. And then when I finally got the chance to move to New York, I feel like I truly became like who I was you meant found to yourself. be. I could express myself. Like I didn't feel like I could wear whatever I wanted. And it was just so freeing to me. Not that I dress like, you know, too outlandish, but I just felt like there's such a freedom and the diversity and culture of New York. And so I just personally consider that to be um, Natalie and I met uh, to talk, go over things, come up with questions the other day. And we talked about how you went to a Christian school. I, I enjoyed my time at Christian school. I thought it was good, but the only thing that, um, it was it was interesting. So it was kind of nice to not think about what you're gonna have to wear when wearing uniforms. I wore uniforms at my at my school growing up. But at the same time, I just it, it felt like you were just one person in a mass of everyone that looked the same. And it was really hard to stand out. And I would constantly do little things 
accessorizing really that like got me in trouble per se um like one time I dyed a strip just one strip of the back <laughs> of my hair like bright blue just to see if I could like get away with it and then like the next day they're like you have to bleach that and dye it brown like you can't you can't do that and so that's one of the things that I struggled with just trying desperately trying to like I was, I was a really creative child like I just wanted to stand out and like have some sort of like saying what I wore but I just I just think that when you when you're wearing uniforms it's kind of hard to do that because they like that kind of like structure and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that system just for me personally I felt like it was hard to fully express myself yeah how did that feel as a kid to not be able to fully express yourself I think I think it was interesting and I think that's what drew me towards clothing because when I was at school I could use like little accessories like a pink hair bow or something to kind of like spice up my look and like that's the only thing that I kind of like was drawn to to kind of help define me and again like being in from like in a being like multicultural in like a small town like I think I was trying to figure out where I placed myself um so again I just gravitated towards clothing and and uh as I was actually doing my thesis research I found um some like science behind that and there's this term called enclosed cognition and it just talks about how people associate like how clothing can affect your mental process and your self-esteem and your confidence and your um and just your overall thinking which is really interesting so if you the study was talking about how if you take a piece of clothing like a gucci sweater and you associate like a gucci sweater with like a powerful woman or like a really creative like powerful creative when wearing that Gucci sweater, you're likely to take on those attributes and like become that powerful, creative woman, which is like really crazy. And also in quarantine, like I was talking to you about, like I wore yeah. sweats like every day and I started to not feel like myself. And I was like, I need to like put something nice on just to feel like Natalie for a little bit. And it's just crazy how sometimes clothing can affect your, your mental state. It's insane the way that if you wake up and you don't put yourself together and you just feel kind of frumpy in your mm-hmm. in the way you look, you're going to feel frumpy about what you're doing. So like yeah. for me, I mean, it goes beyond just clothes, but even just like putting my bed together mm-hmm. will make me feel so much more productive, even if I haven't gotten anything done for the day, because mm-hmm. Lord knows there are days that I, I make my bed and then I just sit on. <laughs> that kind of all goes into the idea of look good, feel good. And you have talked to me a little bit about how look good, feel good, do good mm-hmm. is your slogan. Would yes, you say it's one of my slogans? It's one yeah. of your slogans mm-hmm. for your brand. Mm-hmm. So tell me about what that means to you. Okay. <laughs> so I'll kind of like reiterate what I said about include cognition. Just I want people to, because I, I do believe that clothing can affect your, your cognitive thinking and your mental state and confidence. So I just want people to like wear my clothes and feel like they look cool and they're empowered by wearing my clothing. I don't make clothing that is minimalistic or I, I make clothing that people like you notice them when they walk oh my God, into the room. They're so cool. Thank you. Like this corset that she's wearing is insane. Thanks, girl. Um, yeah. So I just I want to make clothing that is empowering to others. And you when you're wearing it, like, you know, you look cool. And that I feel like that's something that isn't always evident in clothing um and then feel good i think um i have these these labels as part of my brand i've titled them self-care labels i love them um, so it's an actual care label that talks about like the materials that are in the in the garment how to wash it and everything like that but i also have these like little slogans on them and one is um 
do you know how cool you are? The other one is um, is like you're one of a kind. And one is like reduced waste never looks so good. And I just think that, because I don't know about you, but if I'm like out somewhere and I don't like my outfit, I am in oh, not you, a good mood. It puts you in a slump. Yeah. And if I just saw like a little reminder, a small reminder, like, do you know how cool you are? Like, I would be like, I forgot. Thank you. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's amazing how much your confidence is correlated to what you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Like if I wear something and I don't feel like I look cool, then... It's just, it's just not a good night. It's I might as well go home at, yeah. before I even leave my house. It just shouldn't happen. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> and it, it's, it's a silly thing to think about, but it like it does affect your mind. Sometimes. No, it doesn't. And it's, I know that a lot of people think of that type of thing of putting so much on what you're wearing and your looks is superficial, but mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, confidence comes from the way that you present yourself. And yeah. that's, that's the internal ways that you present yourself mm-hmm. and the out ways that you present yourself yeah it's really important to like kind of take that stigma away from the it being superficial to wear clothes that make you feel good because you should feel good right you should step out of your house and be like yeah today i look good i like the way that i look yeah it shouldn't be an issue for you to say that you like yeah the way that you look i think you should i think self-love is really in and then i guess to to, to kind of divert into the do good part of it um just you know using clothes that already exist instead of you know having fabric made creating pollution and excess waste from factories like it's uh, a fact i came across was that it takes 700 gallons of water to make one cotton t-shirt whereas it takes zero gallons of water to use a pre-existing cotton t-shirt to make another item so i think that's like the do good aspect of upcycling is that I don't think people really realize that you have fabric at your fingertips. It's just getting creative with the ways to do it. And that's something that my art major at Yale really helped me with um, is just fundamentals of design and thinking outside of the box and um, different ways to go about, you know, solving a, solving an issue or a problem. Because in the Get Parsons, sometimes it's, it's mainly focused on just like the construction and mastering your ability to sew and like creating an amazing like impeccable product um and sometimes if you don't have that creativity or abstract thing it can be hard to formulate like a collection when i heard your story you were telling me about how your mom wanted you to go mm-hmm. and you mentioned that earlier and i was really drawn to that because i think that a lot of people kind of push against what their parents want them to do right. and i think that you found you both found a mutual respect for each other yeah. that you knew that she wanted you to go get a liberal arts degree and that mm-hmm. was super important to her and she also understood and respected what you wanted to do for your life and mm-hmm. having both of those has pushed you into a place that your brand is going to do so much better than it would have had you not had both under your belt so yeah. what is that relationship with your mom like and how did you come to that space where you respected her wishes right so i've just learned that 10 times out of 10 she's right yeah. so, moms are always right moms are she's literally always right it's kind of annoying um but she's just like she's just so successful and humble and i just really admire my mom so much um she's like the breadwinner of her family i think i think if i think of like girl boss it's like she's my mother a, she's, she's a, girl, a boss. girl boss so yeah. like when she says something i'm gonna listen to it yeah um but i just i really respected the fact that she was like you can get a liberal arts degree and it can even you can even be an art major and i feel like some people think that's kind of like what are you gonna do with an art degree i think you could do a lot with an art degree personally 
but I she wasn't trying to take away from me wanting to pursue a creative field. She was like, I just think you should. There's a strategic way to go about it, and if you don't know much about the subject, I, you, there's ways to, to just dive in without having to fully commit. Because I feel like once you're in like design school, it's hard to pivot to something else. Yeah. And so she wanted to make sure that I really liked it and enjoyed it. And honestly, I'm really grateful that she did because having an entrepreneurship minor and starting your own business is something that I I really did not know if I was going to, you know, I had this dream in my head of starting my own clothing brand, but I didn't know if I was going to get there. And having that prior knowledge has been really helpful. Um, so thank you, Bob. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, and also having that, that experience of like, going to college having a football team and something that I think that I would have missed out on joining a sorority like had I been in just a school for design and I think that there's a time and a place and design school takes discipline like I, oh, yeah. I lived there I was there all the time like it's if you mess up on a project you have to start all over again it's like you're just like rewrite a paper you have to literally take all the stitches out you have to re get new fabric and so I think being a little bit older, I was more able to get in that mindset and that zone and get the job done. Yeah, I think that you took the years after you graduated from high school, you went and you got a liberal arts degree, which I think that what you were saying about having the strategy Mm -hmm. behind everything is really important because creating a business, it's no joke. Like you need to understand the ins and outs of more than just like what your specialty is. Like I was Mm -hmm. talking to a friend recently and we were saying, funny we were actually talking about art Mm -hmm. if you are an artist Mm -hmm. you your art can be great and speak for itself but if your art is not presented in the right forum then it's not going to be heard yeah there's a lot of strategy so i think having this the the knowledge of the strategy is so important and i also think that with age the fact that you wanted to do it before you went to elon Mm -hmm. took those years to go and get the degree that your mom wanted you to get and you mm-hmm. still wanted it you probably were so much more dedicated to it when it you was. went to Parsons I was like guns blazing I was like I'm ready to pursue my dreams yeah like it's been a minute I'm ready <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like I I wouldn't have done it any other way and like my mom is such a planner and I'm so glad that she is because we literally were thinking about this from the day that I enrolled as an art major like I had this plan and I'm sure people can can tell you from like my sorority when I was rushing they're like what do you want to do when you grow up and I was like I want to do fashion design I know I'm at Elon but like I I just want to like and I explain this whole story I'm telling you so I mean it, it it worked itself out and I think without my mom kind of like guiding me and sometimes I know it's like don't listen to your parents like do your own path but like sometimes they they've lived a long life and they've made mistakes just like you and sometimes they kind of get it they kind of get it which is like yeah yeah, it's, it's I think pill to swallow sometimes, but <laughs> I think a lot of what this podcast stands for is forging your own path and doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But I don't ever want it to come across in a way where I'm saying, sitting here and saying, "Don't follow what your parents want you to do," and mm-hmm. your parents don't know what they're talking about. I just think that finding that middle ground with your parents and being able to have respectful, mature conversations with them about what you want to do mm-hmm. and them respecting you and you respecting them is so important. And I truly believe if you, like I got a leadership minor because my mom wanted me to do leadership. And I'm so thankful for that because I mean, just the conversations that we would have about morals and ethics and what goes into building out 
your your brand and like mm-hmm. to really be a leader are things that have been instilled in me and I think are super important. I mean, yes, for a podcast, but just in life. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's important when you're building out your path to listen to the people around you, but also follow your gut. And it sounds like you found a really good balance within that. Yeah. Um, which I respect the hell out of. I think that's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the production of creating your your pieces. So you have mm-hmm. the corsets and you have jackets. Mm-hmm. You have hats. Yes. Hats and, and masks. And eventually masks, yes. So um, we're doing, I'm dropping in small batches to start because I think that the fashion industry kind of moves a little too quickly sometimes and that kind of accumulates into waste. Um, so I'm trying to kind of slow it down and do like small batch releases. So I'm starting off with, um, with jackets, the puffer jackets, and just to break down how long that takes to make. So I, it takes about one to two weeks just to source, um, the t-shirts for one jacket. So I comb through like a millions and millions and millions of racks of thrift stores. (laughs) Like I'm like, ask me about any thrift store anywhere. I I can tell you, like, I'm really well versed with thrift stores now. Um, and like vintage stores and sometimes people like donate clothes to me which is really nice oh that's cool um so i have to pick out shirts and then you have to have a certain size like i need a lot of because i'm not really working with fabric i need a bigger like landscape to work with so i have to get find like xxl wxl it's not always the easiest to find in thrift stores um so i i source those and then i decide on a theme and I have to like do the designing part of it. So I lay all the shirts out like on a massive space somewhere. And I kind of like curate like a couple shirts together for one look and I like kind of join it together. And then I take my pattern that I use for my thesis and I cut all of the pattern pieces myself. So I cut each individual wow. panel um, of the jacket and it takes about around 12 shirts or so, give or take to make one jacket. Um, so I use, I, I cut all of that. If I really lock myself in my room, don't socialize. I, I can get a, one jacket done cutting in a week, just the cutting. Um, and then one I, week. yeah, that's crazy <laughs> just for cutting. Mm-hmm. And then I ship it to fabric pieces to um, some female seamstresses I work with in, in my hometown that I found during quarantine. Um, and they, it takes me about one to two weeks to make it and then they ship it back to me and then I it takes a couple days to ship it back to me and then I get it and I check it for like quality control. So I check if there's like a string like a string loose or if I like the placement, alignment of the tags or anything like that. And then if it's okay, I keep it. If not, I send it back to them and then they get it and then they try again and then they send it back to me. So it's it can be kind of a tedious um, process at times. But if you do things like responsibly and the right way at the right pace, like things turn out in great quality and it's at the end of the day, the person's getting a better product. And you're happy with all of the pieces that you come back. Tell me a little bit about them. Yeah. So I, I like that each, um, again, going back to me trying to find identity in clothing. I like that each piece is one of a kind. So there's literally no piece in the NME. I call them NME originals. There's no piece in the NME collection that is the same which I find really like uplifting. So like you, you'll be walking down the street in one of my pieces, but no one else has that piece, um, which I think is special. Um, and I just think that it just gives a lot, like no one really knows, like I, they look at it and they're like, oh, that's, that's a dope corset or a dope like jacket. And I'm like, you didn't know that I saved a bunch of gallons of water making or wearing this jacket or purchasing this jacket. And I just feel like there's a lot that goes into it besides just looking cool. No, there's a lot of empowerment 
in it and like yes empowerment and the fact that you look cool but empowerment for you and and whoever is wearing it to know that you are doing something that's super sustainable and good for the environment yeah so that sounds like a total of how many weeks total just to make one like i would say four. like four yeah four issues. weeks just to make one make piece one. that's insane mm-hmm. and that's just that's the jackets that's the jacket the corsets maybe half of that maybe like two weeks the bcas okay. But again, it depends on like sometimes like shipping is an issue, especially these days with COVID, like getting things to you to them in a certain time period and then maybe something get something's missing and then you have so it's like it's kind of a it's it's a process. But so how many jackets and how many? Um it's kind of up in the air now. It's just we're doing just small batches. So we're okay. seeing how much we can get done by launch date. Okay. Um and launch date is gonna be it's also still up in the air. It's okay. definitely gonna be in October. Um, but we're just trying to see like what's the best what's the best date to pick. So it's a surprise. When it launches, guys, I'll share this with the launch date. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll reshare it. I'll, I'll post something on my social media with the launch date so that we can update everyone with when it's all coming out. I mean, these pieces are so cool. How much are they going for? So um, the jackets are around 1500 and um, the they're not actually launching yet. They're going to be in the next um, small batch drop, but they're probably... We're still working on pricing, but it's going to be at least half of that cost. So if you're worried about the pricing, don't worry about it. The PCAs are much more affordable. So how do you feel about the marketing marketing of it all to get it out to people who are going to be able to afford it? Mm-hmm. And I mean, the pictures that she's posted on social media are awesome and so they're so good. But yeah, what are you doing to get it all out there um, and get the right clientele? Um, I'm really using utilizing Instagram and social media. I think it's a big tool, especially now because it's hard because ideally I'd be out there physically networking, but since we are in COVID times, it's not the best idea. Um, so just like utilizing the platform, just connecting with other creatives like on Instagram. Um, I think just believing in the in the brand as well and getting it, yeah, like getting the word out there. So anytime I do come in contact with someone, I'm like, Here's my card. Yeah. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I think it's just just like utilizing tools we have. Also, Instagram can sometimes be such a mystery to me. I think everyone's still learning about it. Well, I've also applied to um, some competitions that have helped me out. And people have actually reached out to me on Instagram because um, they saw some online portfolio submissions that I have done, which is really cool. Because like, you I mean you submit to Facebook, but you don't know if anyone's actually going to see it, and people have like. DM me on Instagram, like, I found you on this portfolio site, like, I think your work is amazing, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm like, that's so cool that you can just, like, things can happen that way. It's so cool talking to people in different industries to hear about all of, like, the back-end ways that you can get your stuff out there. That's insane. I think it's just not saying no, like, any opportunity, like, just try it out. I was like, yeah, I've never done a podcast before, but, like, yes, I would love to come on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. Guys, it literally felt so perfect when we met my roommate grabbed me uh natalie was talking to my roommate emily and i was talking to someone else and she grabbed me and pulled me out of the conversation i was in and was like you need to interview this girl she's so freaking cool and she was right so you you did your thesis two years ago you this is your thesis Mm -hmm. from elon you graduated two years ago yeah what made you decide to do this now of 
in the midst of COVID. And in the middle of COVID, two years later, what brought you back to the thesis? And so actually, um, sadly, I lost both of my grandmothers um, in the midst of COVID. And it was sorry, I'm hard. Yeah. Um, Because we couldn't have a funeral for her until maybe like a month ago when it was a live Zoom for broadcast funeral. It's just immediate family. And then we just zoomed all our like external relatives and friends. And, um, and, a story about my grandmother is like I've always looked up to her and my mom jokes that like I'm my grandmother's child not her child <laughs> it's like we are just so eerily similar yeah um, she she was like a fashionista she used to model back in the day she was like very like just such a queen yeah um, and she actually gave me my first sewing machine when I was 10 that's sweet yeah and um, my mom was like she's not gonna use this like it's, it's too expensive like she's 10 she's not gonna sell anything and then actually when school transitioned to being online and it's really hard to do just fashion design online. They were basically saying like, if you don't have a sewing machine, you have to buy one. Cause we were, no one really had one. Cause why, why buy one? You have such nice quality sewing machines at Parsons. Um, so a lot of people weren't able to finish their thesis work cause they didn't have a sewing machine. Wow. But I had still had my grandmother's sewing machine that she got for me when I was 10. And so, that sewing machine was the reason I was able to finish my thesis. And I was like, you know what? Like this, I, and then she passed in the midst of all that happening. And it was kind of like this full circle moment for me. And I was like, you know what? I should just, I should just do it. Like it's, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Like, again, life is really short. And I like to just think about it as like, why not me? Like, I feel like so many people are like, oh, I can never do that. I can yeah. never do that. Like, People that are successful started out, started out normal at some point in their life. They weren't born successful. So it's like kind of just asking yourself, like, why not me and why not now? Did your grandma know that you were using the sewing machine? She didn't. She okay. actually had Alzheimer's and dementia at the time. Um, so she didn't know that. But I just thought it was really special. I kind of feel like I had a guardian angel in the process. The fact like, that you have some, that, that connection to her. Yeah. Yeah. is so sweet. Mm-hmm. Was it an escape for you? It was it was an escape. So I I was alone. So my roommates had gone back to their hometowns, which like a lot of us did. But I wanted to finish my thesis before I went home. And so it was my sister and I, and then my sister eventually went home too. So I was kind of like by myself, just like I need to Gosh, do something or I awful. would go crazy. Going through everything that you're going yes. through and being alone. And it was really hard to like process it. And I think I'm like still processing it because it, it's hard when you can't be with your family. And like my mom is a um is a doctor so like I, even when i was back home we distanced from her because you know you, it's the right thing to do um but yeah i just feel like i needed something to, to just take my mind off what was happening yeah. and i was like you know what it's a passion of mine like i if anything i'm going to utilize this all this downtime that i have and i'm just going to just throw myself into sewing and creating and um just utilize this like pent up kind of like anxious energy that i had which ended up being like the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, and I was just thinking about it. Like if I hadn't had all this downtime, I don't think I would have had like the boldness to start my own brand and like even consider starting my own brand. What does it mean for you to get past the, how daunting it is and actually launch this and to have that connection to, I mean, such a hard time in life right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard for everyone, but to have lost two of your grandmothers to be completely isolated from your family because your mom's a doctor being able to throw yourself into something that you love how does it feel now to be able to see that you have like a tangible like yeah 
Um, I think my younger self would like freak out because I remember my mom showed me the September issue, which is about like the kind of like how daunting, again, to use that same word, um, the fashion industry was to kind of dissuade me from like wanting to do it. She's like, I think you like it, but like you don't know what it's about. Um, it's funny how moms do that stuff. My mom I would know. do that too. <laughs> I know. And I was like, I thought we were watching a fun fashion movie, but like that was not the case. Um, but yeah, it's just, I think I never, like I always envisioned I guess I manifested it now that I think about it. I guess I always envisioned, like, um, being where I am today. But, I, like, it's just it actually happening. It's kind of, like, surreal. And I think you just have to push through the fear and do it anyways. Because I feel like my younger self was always, like, well, we'll miss out on so much because I was too scared. Or, like, I wanted to do something, but I was just scared of how it would turn out or scared of the outcome. And I think I'm just proud that I've been able to feel the fear and kind of just do it anyways. I think so much happens in life just living by that. I relate to that so much yeah. with where I'm at right now. I feel like my whole life I've always said, okay, I'm going to be in broadcasting mm -hmm. or I'm going to be a mom. Yeah. I'm going to do both. <laughs> I'm going to do both. But I've like always envisioned what my life is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And this is what it was. And for so long, I was like chasing that, that, stable life of getting jobs and it like never worked out for me <laughs> it was never great path. everyone has path. their own path but but I think that manifesting it from such a young age and like actually having that belief in yourself mm -hmm. is huge yeah. and in order to get past that fear you have to have that belief in yourself it's I think if I didn't have like again like the mom, the mom that I had who was just like you can do like whatever you want you just need to be smart about it and work hard my mom is a firm believer like there's no talented people there's hard-working people I'm like sure like you can have talent but if you don't work hard it's not going to go anywhere right so i think it's all about like determination and like belief in yourself and just yeah. working hard yeah so your thesis from elon mm -hmm. did it connect your thesis from parsons mm -hmm. okay and like i didn't intentionally do that okay i think it just was in me and needed to come out again okay um i so my thesis at elon was about like connecting I, I was looking at the roots of like denim and it was a denim jacket that I um, embellished to kind of like represent myself and like Southern roots and like with the denim tied to the South and like all this, all this stuff about just identity. And I think again, like I subconsciously always go back to clothing as a way to express yourself and I can seem like materialistic, but I just think that it can be very empowering at the same time. And, um, there's just an importance of like, I don't know. I think sometimes it takes a boldness to wear what you really want to wear. Yeah, I think we need to take the word materialistic out of it. Yeah, because it's really not. Yeah, it's like just, if you want to wear... expressing yourself in a way that you don't you don't have to say anything, and you're you're showing a part of yourself. I think yeah. that that's okay. Like to... if you if you want to wear like bright red pants to, I don't know. To do your laundry like butter pants like you can do it like you my can do whatever favorite you want. my favorite item of clothing that i have is a, a very bright neon pink beanie mm -hmm. and all my friends whenever they're leaving we're leaving the house they're like do you want to wear that we're just going to Dwayne reed and i'm like yes feel good i want to wear it <laughs> me and my roommate we went to dinner the other night and i was wearing it and this woman came up to me and talked to me for like 20 minutes because she liked my hat and like this sweat sweatshirt that i was wearing yeah. And it's just amazing how what you wear can connect you yeah. to other people. And I hate the idea of, like, people kind of putting others down for, like, trying too hard or, like, trying to look too good. I'm like, 
you want to look good, why not be the best self that you can be? Like, yeah. If you want to, like, wear whatever you want, I don't know. Yeah, what's going to make you feel good when you leave the house today? Yeah, whatever makes you feel your best is what you should do. Yeah. Yeah. So your thesis at Elon was all about that. And mm-hmm. then your thesis at Parsons is where this specific idea of these. Yeah. So that's when um, the upcycling, upcycling came into came. play, mm-hmm. but it also connected back to identity, and identity clothing. and clothing. Yeah. So it's kind of been something that you've been like unconsciously yeah. bringing together for like two years yeah and it's funny how things just kind of come out like without you trying they all just connect it's it's amazing how as time goes on you really can figure out who you are as a person and what matters to you with the things that you keep going back to yeah I mean I've done that with this podcast it it morphed into what it is now within the span of also for me two years because it's something that I've been talking about since well a year and a half since I was living in Los Angeles but it's amazing Mm -hmm. how once you really feel something, it sticks with you. Yeah, and you just kind of can't shake it. Yeah. And then it's like, wow, maybe this is my until you Until you do it. Until there's a pandemic and you're like, why would I not do it right now? And then you're forced. <laughs> Honestly, I think the pandemic has brought on a lot of hardships. And definitely, people are definitely more, like, anxious and, you know, pent up than they were. But I do think there's, like, a silver lining in it and that people have all this time to, like, discover themselves, to think about internal or not internalized things but kind of go within themselves and yeah. discover what they want to do who they are what they especially in new york there's such a hustle and bustle and like it's like go 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 i never had a second to be like to, to even sit and just like oh this is what i want to do yeah, yeah. Like, just having that pause for me it's been the same way since mm-hmm. i graduated it's been constant go 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 my first job i got the offer a week after i graduated moved out to la when I lost that job, it was instantly looking for something new. And I hadn't had a moment to like sit and be like, what do I want to do? And what maybe I knew what I wanted to do, but what do I have to do in order to get there? Yeah. And the pandemic gave me a space where I yeah. can think so, about it. Yeah. Maybe think about it some more for like three months yeah. <laughs> and then be like, OK, why are you not doing this? Like yeah. just get to a point where I kind of kicked myself in the butt because we have nothing but time right now. Yeah, we don't. It's, it's scary, but also it's refreshing. It's so nice. It's terrifying. Yeah. But it's so nice. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you and I both, we we connect on a level of, like, hitting this space where we, yeah. we kind of felt like we could throw ourselves into something, which is really cool. And I yeah. hope that people who are listening feel the same way. Yeah. So that's where you got the idea was from your two theses. Mm-hmm. It all came together. It all made sense. It felt like perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Once you made up your mind that this is what you were going to do. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that goes into making a business. There is a lot that goes into making a business. It's like strategy, branding. What do you want to say? You have to have a voice. You have to have a clear voice. Um, you have to think about like what even your, you have to think of like colors from your brand. Like what colors do you want to be associated with? It's like, it's things you don't really need to how'd you land how'd you it's orange and black and white orange and black and white yeah how did you land it just felt right that sounds so like lame and like artsy I feel like it's kind of like a standout color but it's not like neon green that can be kind of like overused sometimes yeah bright pink I think kind of like bright pink I wanted to make it like a unisex sort of vibe especially for the the jacket so I was like orange is kind of it's a bold color but it's not tied to one gender 
tell me a little bit about that process of building out your brand. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you and I talked when we met mm-hmm. about you've had to work with lawyers. You've had yeah. to, you know, find your seamstresses, which you ended yeah. up partnering with two women mm-hmm. who are from your hometown, which I think yes. is awesome, supporting mm-hmm. local businesses. And yeah. I mean, getting your LLC, what what yeah. has it looked like? How has the stress been? It's been like very stressful. Like I would be lying if I did not, if I said I didn't have moments where I like literally cried and I think it's a lot. What like, has been I your stress reliever? <laughs> um, I think just like, honestly, it was, it was, it was good that I had gone home for all of this because my mom was like, know you've got this like you're you're very talented like people have been telling you're talented for a long time and what you do like you know you're good at what you do like you can do this yeah you are right um and so I think it's just having that little like (laughs) you are right (laughs) it's hard when you don't have like when your literal surrounding people are just your mom your sister yeah um so sometimes motivation was hard for me to like hold on to but I've just been wanting to do this for so long when I initially started I was so excited and I had like some lull periods, but it was always like whenever I think about like I'm doing what I've always wanted to do, it was like very exciting and motivating. But I had to do a lot on my own to start off. Like I had to go out and seek out like consultants, and I had to get a, a trademark attorney for my brand, and I had to find out who to get, what to be the best one, what I should, how I should categorize my business, my LLC. Like what am I? Yeah. So doing all that research and things that again the entrepreneurship it's designer. Not helped me out with that but it's still a lot of things that I did not I wouldn't say I was well versed in I don't think that you can really know what goes into building something until you do it yeah because I I mean I'm trying I don't I still don't know what I'm doing but Mm -hmm. the things that I have learned about just building out a podcast it's insane like you wouldn't know unless you did it you want to know and like how long something will take for you to get approved or how long it'll take to actually get your LLC exactly or you know the the pricing that goes into it all. It just, mm-hmm. there's so much that you have to. Yeah, I had to do a cost about. sheet. I had to take into account the source of the materials, like how many shirts per jacket, this and that, like zippers. Some zippers are way more expensive than other zippers, like in the ones that I want. Those are always the most expensive. <laughs> and it's just like calculating. So like, I, I believe in taking risks, but I think there's a, it's, there's a beauty in like a calculated risk. So you do all the metrics and you know how much you have to make. And I think, I think you should be bold, but I also think you should know what you're getting yourself into. And if you do all of the, you know, the calculating on the cost sheet and you're like, okay, I need to make this much in order to be successful. So I price my pieces at this, this amount and like this much goes into it. And I'm paying my workers, like or my workers and my seamstresses um, from my hometown and everyone that I'm working with like well and like reasonably priced. I think that like, there's a lot that goes into doing things responsibly. Taking the risk is really important, but doing it, just just thinking it out and planning it out is so important. It's also kind of daunting just doing it on my own because I feel like I didn't really have anyone to ask to, like, how, am I doing this correctly? Am I doing it right? And I just yeah. think that you just got to keep You just going. have to go. Yeah. You just have to throw yourself into it. Like, if yeah. anybody is thinking about doing something and just you're scared, do just do it because none of us know what we're doing at the beginning. Like, the amount of people who have come up to me and been like, oh my God, you're making a podcast. This is the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. I'm like, I sat in my room and I talked to a microphone for a while. And like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to take away from the, the work that I put into it. And yeah. just throwing yourself into something is a cool thing to do. Yeah. But if you are passionate about something and you want to do it, you can do it. 
you can do it. And it's just about And you'll learn as you go. Yeah. yeah, you learn as you go. And there's there's you gotta remember, like, there's no rule book or to life. Like no one is doing it precisely according to plan. So it just and that's the fun thing about life is that's that what this is all about. Their own twist and turn. Yeah, that's what this is all about. It's your own path, it's mm-hmm. your own life. Mm-hmm. And you'll figure it out as you go. There's no right way. Yeah. Like things are always evolving. There's no right way. Oh my gosh. If I, <laughs> when I've tried to do the right way, I've found myself on my butt, mm-hmm. on the grounds, mm-hmm. crying, calling my mom. <laughs> yeah. And when I, when I do things just because it's what I feel is right and yeah. I'm excited about it mm-hmm. and passionate about it, I always find myself in a much better place. Yeah. And I feel like that's what's exciting. Well, I know it's done like 17 times <laughs> um, exciting about crisis is that though it does suck it does bring creativity and innovation new ways to do things like i'm sure people had to switch a lot of their processes like businesses that were predominantly in person and just switching to everything being virtual i just think it's like a cool time for people to think outside the box and consider just new paths and yeah new ways of doing things i did an episode one of the first episodes that i launched was specifically about that how COVID has just like brought us all down to a place where we've all been hit Mm -hmm. in our own ways we've all been hit Mm -hmm. but we've all been given such a unique opportunity to like the the path or the process Mm -hmm. to get to where you want to go has been completely shattered like the path that you're supposed to follow that formula doesn't it's awesome it's awesome it can be scary for some people but I'm like there's no rules. Yeah, that that <laughs> formula being shattered means that you have complete control of what you want to do. And I understand how that can be scary. But in the long run, I really believe people are going to live much more fulfilling lives if they take this opportunity yeah. and like really dig down deep into what makes them excited and what they want to do. Yeah, I think it's really going to disrupt the fashion industry because I know people have had to slow a lot of things down. And I think it was necessary. Like, necessary. Yeah. And like was going to happen eventually so i think it's going to be interesting to see even just watching how fashion weeks are unfolding people are getting more and more creative like i love how rihanna does her own like little her own show like, yeah you need to be a part of the fashion week. like she is fashion she is so yeah she's she just so gets cool. it but but like that's the thing that's an example of someone who just does it her way yeah because that's so what she successful. wants to do and she's excited about it yeah. yeah. You just have to believe in yourself and others will believe in If yourself. you have Rihanna's confidence. Oh, yeah. You don't need anything else. You don't need anything else. Just be Rihanna. Just be Rihanna. <laughs> Gosh, I wish it. I wish. Just be Beyonce. Just be Rihanna. Just be Beyonce. Be, be Rihanna. Just have the confidence in yourself. Go out there. Do what you want to do. And I promise you, you'll be much happier if you're not so focused on other people. But I do have two more questions before we end things. I'm asking everyone that comes on to the podcast these same two questions so how old are you right now 24 24 okay it's pretty freaking cool that you're 24 and you're creating your own line yeah (laughs) (laughs) um so what would your 40 year old self what advice would your 40 year old self um give to you now at 24 um i would just say just reminding yourself that like we just talked about like that there's no rule book to life and it's okay to do things unconventionally I think before I would always get really freaked out about not like you were saying like not following the rules that were set for us and it's just remembering that like 
at the end of the day, literally no one knows what they're doing. You're doing fine. You're doing a good job. I think it's easy to compare compare people to one another. But like I said before, it's like it's inspiration. Like you can take something from people being successful means that you can be inspired in different ways from other people. Yeah. From different different categories of life, walks of life. So it's just the world is inspiration and it just that's what I would call. And what are you most proud of now at twenty four of yourself and where you're at? Um, I think really just feeling the fear and doing it anyways, like we talked about, like when I was younger, there's so many things that I just missed out on because I was too scared and like, I wasn't even afraid, like, I don't know, I'd want to do something, but I was so afraid of the outcome that I didn't know the outcome that I would just not do it. And I think just being in New York City, you never know what's going to happen. Like it's, it's, that's kind of like the magic of being in New York is that just just do it just yeah just do something like say yes to things like you don't have to say yes to everything i mean you know it's okay to say no (laughs) but just just being afraid of something and like that that you might not be good at it or you might not work out and just just doing it anyways because especially when you're young like you have so much to learn and see say it doesn't turn out the way you want that's a lesson learned and you're better for it yeah everything that you do um also in one of the episodes my friend and i were talking about how it's really easy to look at things in life and think of it as a mistake but really Mm -hmm. there are no mistakes in life because you are who you are now because of every quote mistake you've made yeah you know so taking the risk on things and learning from them is just i mean honestly i think it's the coolest thing in the world to be able to try new things and to just grow yeah and become short it's so short might as well take the chance and enjoy it you should have fun with it and you should you should be excited about it you yeah. know about every opportunity that presents itself to you and and going out there and doing something that you're excited about but i feel so good that i asked you to come on this because i feel like everything that you said just aligned so perfectly with what i want people who are listening to feel about themselves like you mm-hmm. completely embody what I think that people should see in themselves because we all have it. Like we all, we all can be that Mm -hmm. if we want to, if we believe in ourselves and if we take the, take a moment to like really listen to our gut, we all can be that. But breaking out of that fear, because I think that it's scary. scary. It's scary to even find the confidence in yourself. I'm not even saying to find the confidence in yourself to make a fashion line or whatever your dream is. I just mean to even find, break out of the fear of like, being confident in yourself yeah because that's a scary thing to do to just be like yeah i'm i'm dope like yeah i'm cool yeah it's okay to love yourself it's okay to love yourself and i'm so excited that you let me tell your story because i think it's so cool you're such a badass (laughs) (laughs) so Um, are you by the way thank you Mm -hmm. is there anything else that you feel like you want people to know about your line about your path before we close it out just to follow um, at NMD New York on Instagram and um, just to be on the lookout for some cool, cool new outfits Guys, to add to your wardrobe. It, it's so cool. I'm going to be blasting it all over my social media accounts. And when I'm not poor, I'm going to buy it. Amazing. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like this was so perfect that we just met and we can put this out. Um, right in time for your launch. It was literally fate. 
thank you, Emily, for grabbing me from my other conversation. Shout out to Emily. <laughs> and I also, you. I also, we love you, Em. I also want to say shout out to your mom because she sounds like she's just the best. She's and a great human. I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't have my mom and her strength and like guidance and her belief in me either. Mm-hmm. And I think that meeting other people who have that same kind of connection with their mom is just so freaking cool. Yeah, if um, you're hearing this, call your mom. Call your mom. I'm telling <laughs> you, your mom loves you more than anything in this world. She does. <laughs> um, but yeah, your mom sounds awesome and she did a great job and I'm so proud. I don't need, like, I just met you and I'm already, I'm so <laughs> proud of you for doing what you're excited about and what you love. Thank you so much. I'm still like, I'm still so glad I could come on this podcast. It's just, it's crazy how it worked out. It was perfect. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And bye. bye. <laughs> okay, guys. How cool is Natalie? I just think that she has the most infectious energy, the best personality. She is so inspiring, and I'm so excited that I met her and got to share her story. So thank you, Natalie, for giving me the opportunity to do that. When I was listening back to this conversation earlier this week, I decided to jot down some things in my journal about what confidence means to me and what resonated with me from this conversation. And just to kind of give you guys a sparked note version of what I wrote in my journal, I I kind of thinking back on my life and my journey to being confident and being in a space where I'm able to put this content out there and create a podcasts like I am now, I had to find confidence in myself on the inside long before I did on the outside. When I was in high school, I was, it looked like I was 11 years old. Well, all of my friends and my peers had gone through puberty and were blossoming. I was still a little nugget and I, I really had to learn to love who I was on the inside long before I became you know, the person that I am now on the outside and the only real outward confidence that I had during those years came through what I was wearing. So I think that it's so important and like so okay to find that confidence in yourself through what you're wearing. I mean, obviously what you're wearing is not everything. You also need to find confidence within yourself for who you are. If you're struggling with confidence, please come talk to me. Like I've said in my other episodes, you can reach out to me on my Instagram at Allie Dietz with two Zs. You can reach out to me on my podcast Instagram, which is at Young Adult Podcast. And you can reach out to me on my website, which is AllieDietz.com. Confidence is a very hard thing to find. It doesn't happen for most of us without work. And it comes with time and there are going to be moments where you feel super confident and there are going to be moments where you don't feel super confident. And that's okay. Lean on the people around you. Find the things that make you happy. Find the things that make you feel good and don't feel shamed for being excited about those things because what makes you happy and what lights your soul on fire is what matters the most. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the last three episodes that I dropped launched on a Friday and I'm launching this one on a Wednesday so just so you guys know and can look forward to things in the future I'm going to be dropping all new episodes on Wednesdays at midnight I'm going to be doing for now one episode every two weeks until I get to a point where I have enough interviews 
and can start releasing them weekly so that I don't feel so overwhelmed. If you guys know anybody that you feel like should come on the podcast that has a really dope story to tell or has gone through something that can help other people, please let me know. I am always looking for people to interview, other stories to tell, and I am so excited to see what other episodes present themselves to me. I love you guys. Thank you for listening.